deciding who wins the game on this call. Without further ado, the call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with. JD! What's going on, brother? Uh, how are we doing? Are we in the, are we in the uh, holiday mode still? Uh, if by holiday mode, you mean dragging ass and trying to get back to normal, then yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How was, uh, how was your uh, Christmas there with the little guy? Oh, you know, it was awesome. Any, any time spent with the family is good for me. You know how much time I love spending with him. So, uh, it just gives me an excuse to act like a kid. (laughs) What about yours? Oh, it's been, uh, pretty, pretty fun. The kids, uh. I had a nice, nice Christmas. I've been having fun uh, playing with with my son's uh, new Hot Wheels uh, track that that we got him. So, uh, oh no, yeah, not, not that we got him, that Santa got him. So nice, man. I may have to uh, make a trip over so we can do some old school Hot Wheels racing. Oh, this is not old school. This is uh, augmented reality. It's pretty neat. Oh snap! Even better. Yeah, so, well... Uh, it hurts less when you step on fake ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. We, you'll have to check it out. So, got, uh, I know I've got a little uh, something-something here in front of me. You got anything to drink tonight? Uh, nothing in the adult variety. You know me, man, I'm sticking with my water and my tea before bed. <laughs> uh, the, the picture of health, the picture of health. Well... I, well, no. <laughs> my stomach disagrees with you. <laughs> I am enjoying a beer from Pollyanna Brewing Company out of Lamont, Illinois. It is a fun-sized milk stout sugar cookie. It's uh, it's light. It's not like a big heavy stout. It's only six point one percent. It's got a nice, uh, nice smooth flavor to it. Pretty nice. Pretty good. I- I gotta ask: Is the fun size part of the title, or did you just describe it as fun size? Uh, it's part of the title. It's on the label. So okay, <laughs> I I was really impressed with your description there for a second, but now <laughs> since it's part of the title, never mind. I take it back. The only thing that would make it be funner if it was a bigger bottle. Ah, so then the fun size would be an oxymoron at that point. Ah, uh, yes. I like of it. Of course. I like it. Well, uh. I I know I don't have a lot of good news from last week. <laughs> Why don't you reveal us with with any of your news about how fantasy went last week? All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. We split our bets last week, which is about my only win. Uh, you smacked me around the way big brothers do in our uh, podcast lineup head to head match. Final score of that one was one fifty one. 
0.18 to 140.94. But I was able to save a little bit of face with our running back draft matchup. If you recall, you know, we each drafted two running backs. I went 1-4, you went 2-3. I had Barkley and Kamara. You had Chubb and Mack. So I ended up winning that one 45.2 to 27.3. So I'm going to take that victory. Yeah, why didn't I take Christian McCaffrey? That was weird. Uh, we had the under 8K stipulation. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now you're jogging my memory. Yeah, well, that's about the only jogging we're doing. <laughs> the My best lineup in DraftKings was a 161.54, which isn't a terrible lineup. But sadly, it did not cash because it was pulled down by the negative two that I took from the Packers' defense. So no cash in there. Yeah. yeah. My other lineups were mostly Bears stacks. I went Trubisky, Cohen, Gabriel, and that did not pan out. So, I mean, when you get 23 total points from quarterback, running back, receiver stack, you really have no chance of doing anything. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I tried to tried to do the whole bet on Trubisky thing, and that didn't work out, shocker. If you add in the fact that I lost my championship game in my dynasty league uh, because certain teams don't seem to like to use their stud running backs from inside the five, I'm referring, of course, to the Giants who get to the one-yard line, put Barkley on the sidelines, and then rush with Eli Manning. And the Colts, who on multiple drives, multiple drives are inside the five and don't use Marlon Mack. Uh, Both teams really deserve to lose that game. Instead, I lost my game uh you know i'm not bitter at all i'm just just saying so (laughs) it was a rough week for me in the fantasy football department but my tears are almost dry pieces of my broken heart have mostly been glued back together by the hope of one last good week uh, this week in the dfs department so how'd you end up doing well i don't want to go into uh, great detail about my season long because it's uh, there's a lot of bitterness and and I'd like to keep this podcast from getting the explicit rating, but uh, I lost um, by ten points. Um, there was some tomfoolery in my league with some uh, people out of the playoffs picking up uh, players, and so I will just address that with saying. Make sure that your leagues have uh, closed all the loops and, and holes on the rules so that uh, people outside the playoffs can't affect those who are in the playoffs. Do, is there any reason for those outside of the playoffs to go? Like, do you have a high score wins money type rule or anything there, like that? There, There is zero reason. They have no money on the line. Oh. There's nothing to do with draft picks. There, There is absolutely zero reason. There's no dynasty or keeper. Kick him out of the league. Kick him out of the league. That is is awful. You know, I went to pick up C.J. Anderson to play in place of Mark Ingram, and the 12-point difference uh, would have won me the league. So, anyhow, I've already spent more time on that than I wanted to. DraftKings last week, um, I can boil down to my one big mistake, and that – I, I wrote it down in my notebook here in uh, as about a big a print as I could. Robbie Anderson. I ignored all signs whatsoever. I just talked myself into 
this gut feeling that I had that Robbie Anderson was not going to do well. So even though all the models that I look at uh, and matchups said to play Robbie Anderson at his price point, I left, left him out. And if I would have uh, popped him in my cash lineup, it would have been a different story. I mean, he was in there, but I just, I don't know. I had a bad feeling, and uh, my bad feeling was bad for me. So I, I went, ended up uh, winning 21 out of 51 head-to-heads uh, last week. And for only the fifth time this year, I missed out on the, the cash line on the $25 double up. So it was uh, not a good... Good day for me. I had nothing going in tourneys. So, ready uh, and uh, really anxious to get into week 17 because there's a lot going on this week. Oh, yeah, baby. Full full slate. This is the largest slate of the year. Um, yeah. 15 games on this slate. Uh, the only two teams that are not on it would be the Colts and uh, Titans who are playing Sunday night. Uh, there's no Thursday night. There's no Monday night. So this is jam-packed. Not only that, there's a lot to uh, digest when it comes to uh, news and uh, trying to figure out which guys are going to play, which teams are going to rest players, which teams have to go for it, which teams want to get a look at some younger players because they're out of it. Uh, so uh, while we're not going to go into everything, we just, uh, you don't want to listen to us talk for three hours, but uh, we, we do have some plays that we've picked out at this point, but really, really want to emphasize this week more than any, the importance of getting on Twitter, reading the news feeds, figuring out who is going to get target shares, who's going to get handoffs, who's going to get the volume, because finding the value is going to unlock the ceilings on some of your big price players who are in some pretty tasty spots this week. Yeah, like every week, you you have to keep up with your news up until you know lineup lock time. You know that that ninety minutes before game time when those final rosters come out. This is a a bigger scenario. You know, normally you're looking at injuries, but now it's not just injuries. It's I'm just going to rest my guys, or they're you know they're likely going to play one quarter or a half, which you really have to weigh in. And so it's not just a couple of guys you're looking at. You're looking at a number of games where it could be, you know, you could have a stack in place and they may come out and say, Hey, we're probably only going to play these guys half a game or whatever. Then it's like, Oh, that changes everything. So you really got to be on top of it up until, you know, hour to 90 minutes before kickoff more sort of than normal. Absolutely. Especially with, with the extra additional games. I mean, we've been looking at like 11 game slates and now all of a sudden there's four extra games. You know, there's that much more to, to chew on. Oh, absolutely. So. That's why uh, there's a lot more opportunity. There's a lot more variation. Uh, and unlocking the key to the high scores um, might boil down to those who worked the hardest this week. So 
uh, with that being said, let's get after it and uh, dig into the quarterback position first. Yeah, I'm going to preface all of my plays this week uh, were gut plays. Uh, so I said, hey, these are the guys that I feel are going to have good weeks. And then I went in and uh, looked at the stats to see if it, it counteracted. And uh, luckily, so far, nothing has counteracted it. Again, that may change before Sunday. But starting out at QB, I'm looking at Big Ben this week. Uh, 7000 uh, you know, it's it's higher price for the QB range, but he's playing at home. He's playing against Cincinnati, and they're playing in a must-win scenario. So if I'm not mistaken, they have to win, and Baltimore has to lose in order for them to, to have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, to you know, must-win situation for them. Ben has only three games with less than 30 attempts this year. Uh, his QBR at home is a 101.1. Not bad. Uh, I suspect that in a game that they have to win, they're going to kind of put the ball in his hands and say, go make stuff happen. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm probably looking at, you know, a, a Ben AB, a Ben Schuster stack, but big Ben will be in some lineups for me this week. Um, absolutely. I don't hate that play. Uh, Cincinnati, like uh, if you've been listening, I've been targeting the Cincinnati defense for several weeks now because they've just been so decimated and, and, and given up a lot of points. Uh, ben, Ben at home is always better than Ben on the road. Uh, this team, while they've got a decent defense, they really like to put points on the board. Um, Mike Tomlin just loves to keep that floor, pedal the floor, and, uh, you know, he's going for two in spots that you wouldn't even think sometimes, and, he, he likes points, and Big Ben has the weapons to go after it. Uh, one thing of note, uh, I think I noticed that uh, A.B. has been nursing a little bit of a knee. He's sat out a couple of practices so far this week, so that's a situation to keep an eye on. Um, it does look like they're going to get James Conner back, though, too. So that, that, that would be interesting as well. Juju Smith-Schuster has had a really solid year. That guy also has been on the wrong side of touchdown variance, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a monster game. Uh, but, you know, Antonio Brown, anytime he's out there, if he does play, has the capability of going off. Uh, so with those kind of weapons... Uh, and I, I also think Cincinnati's bad. I mean, they're bad against all positions. I think they're particularly bad against tight end as well. So Vance McDonald could be in play. That's that that's a game that I would expect the Steelers to uh, put up a lot of points in. So I, I do like that play. Myself. Yeah, one of the one of my notes here was that uh, you know the Steelers, if you watch them, tend to play down or up to the level of their opponent. They never just go all gung ho. Uh, this week in a must-win scenario, uh, I expect them to not slow down, and they're going to put every point on the board they can. So, And with that being said, uh, the guy I'm looking at, I think, is in a similar situation. Uh, Pat Mahomes, uh, MVP candidate, uh, probably the most exciting player that we've uh, that's kind of come onto the scene this year. 
in the NFL. Uh, quarterback for Kansas City. He's priced in that same range at 7100 He's playing the awful uh, John Gruden Oakland Raiders. Another team that I've enjoyed targeting. Um, actually, the Raiders are kind of in a letdown spot after winning their final uh, final game in the Oakland Coliseum. So, um, that being said, Kansas City faces, uh, if they win, they get the number one seed and a bye and home field throughout the playoffs. If they lose, they fall all the way to the five seed, don't get a week off, and have to go on the road. So they have all of the incentive in the world to win. And uh, I think that... uh, Andy Reid would like to possibly get Mahomes that MVP, which if he puts up a spectacular performance this week, he certainly uh, has the matchup to do so at home. Um, Pat Mahomes on the season has one game total of under 20 drafting points, and that was 18 points against the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. He's averaging 29.5 points per game uh, from the quarterback position. Uh, he scored 33 the last time they played at Oakland, um, and this one's in Kansas City. So um, Oakland yields uh, an average of three points above a, a quarterback's expected points. And Kansas City has... Uh, an implied team total of 33. So you count, that's five touchdowns. <laughs> so that's that's pretty insane. Yeah, this guy, his QBR is like 114 or something. I I mean, it's, it's crazy the type of year that he's having. And again, a situation where a win makes all the difference in the world and you've got a poor defense that you're playing against and you're at home. You, you know, like everything's lining up the same way it is with uh, with Ben. So I don't think you can really go wrong with either play. The advantage with Mahomes and, you know, with an extra $100 really uh, separating the two is the rushing side of it. His, this guy's scramble ability is – it's just ridiculous. And, this guy's something special. And also, when uh, I needed him to put up a fifty-point game last week, he didn't. He didn't have a bad game, but he didn't get me fifty. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't throw to Tyreek Hill either. I can tell you that because. So, so um, I, I can guarantee you, he's going off this week. That trio of uh, of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey is probably bound for some uh, record-setting drafting points, but. Uh, let's let's not get too deep into that and go ahead and move on to the running back. <laughs> yeah, that was going to go down a very bitter road, I think, for the both of us. Uh, I'm looking at Elijah McGuire uh, here this week. 5,300 going to play at New England. Uh, in the last three weeks, he's had 17, 18, 14 attempts and four-plus targets. In each of those games, uh, he's got a rushing TD in each of his last three games. He added a receiving touchdown last week. Uh, those last three weeks, his lowest DraftKings point total was 15. If 3x is his floor, 
I'm definitely going to take it, especially in a game where I suspect that they're going to be behind. Uh, you know, so they're going to have to be using him, especially in a receiving role. Uh, I like the value with McGuire this week, especially when some of your upper echelon backs uh, may not be used as much. Um, yeah, it's an interesting play. I don't hate it. He's actually, with his price tag, certainly in play, and a negative game script would not affect him since he is involved with the passing game and uh, has been getting the volume as the lead back since Crowell has been uh, out. Uh, it should be noted that, you know, obviously the Jets don't have much to play with other than play for other than being the spoiler uh, and, the, and the Patriots do indeed need to win in order to secure a first round bye. Um, he does seem to be like one of the guys that I'm considering for my pool of players. Not sure yet if he'll be like cash game for me, but uh, certainly viable. Uh, I know I threw a little bit of a curveball at you here late in the game, and I um, pivoted my running back choice. Now, um, <laughs> that could happen quite a bit between now and uh, Sunday at 11.59 Central <laughs> because I, I'm certainly going to be weighing all the news and trying to put myself in the best spot. But as of right now, I'm liking the spot for Jeff Wilson. Uh, San Francisco running back, 4,400. Um, he's going to get the full workload for San Francisco because Matt Breida has already been ruled out. Um Rams defense, kind of middle of the pack, um, running back versus running back. Uh, Wilson's average, respectable 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, in a similar spot versus a similar type defense, um, he got 20 points against uh, Seattle a few weeks ago when he was the uh, starter. And uh, this guy does also get used in the passing game as well. So not, not somebody to shy away from and at 4,400, uh, certainly viable. I know that, um, San Francisco has been playing youth. They've got a lot of injuries. Uh, and so I don't expect that they're going to rest any of these guys. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think there are any other guys really. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they've got to be about out of backs, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that uh, he's the right now on the four for four, uh, he's the fourth best value um, as uh, in their value metrics, and he's uh, currently sitting second in in my model on Fantasy Labs. Though that's been fluctuating throughout the week so far. Yeah, so when you gave me this name it i was it was kind of wait a second what are what what are you doing here uh because you look at his look at his last four weeks okay he he blows up goes for 20 draft king points at seattle then uh he plays at home against denver 10 points but then seattle at home sorry playing at home against seattle and at home against chicago he puts up 3.6 and 5.8. I have concerns about his floor, especially in a game where they may get 
blown out quick. Well, those those two games, Brita was playing in though, and Brita was the lead back. So uh, I don't and and the Bears defense certainly after Brita got hurt, um, the Bears defense is not the Rams are not the Bears. Oh yeah, no, no, I yeah, I'm I'm not saying that. All. I you know I'm just I I have concerns. Um, yeah, Brita's not going to play. I just I just have concerns that um, the the bias of his one breakout game has has lingered with people. That's all. Well, and even I'll tell you the game when he scored ten points or whatever. I think he was the lead back. To, he had ninety yards on the ground. So it's like that. That's kind. Of, that is kind of a floor right there. And that's not you know ten points of a floor on a forty four hundred running back. Not not terrible. Yeah, I, you know, it's just where, you know, what type of lineup are you going to put him in at that? Are you are you talking a cash lineup to try to fit in some, you know, your Mahomes, Kelsey Hill stack? What you know, what are you doing there? Um, I'm yeah, I'm right at right now. I'm looking trying to find some value at cat, you know, at running back for cash because I think that there's more upside and floor at some of the receiver positions in the games that we know the teams have to go out all out for. And a lot of these stud running backs this week have significant question about the volume that they're going to get. Like Z just for example, Zeke Elliott, Dallas has nothing to play for whatsoever. They're locked into the four position. A couple of years ago when they were in a similar spot, their starters barely played. I know they're saying they're all going to play, but I cannot see it. New Orleans, they're not going to play their studs probably very much. Um, like Saquon Barkley, he's he could be there, but you know, do they want to run their number one asset into the ground when it doesn't matter? Christian McCaffrey seems like uh, some of the stuff I've been hearing that he may uh, finally be throttled back, even though they gave him 33 touches last week. I think they may be coming to their senses on that. So it's just like you got to find, do you want to sink volume into those guys? There's not a lot of running backs in that range that, um, that have a sure... Um, sure thing into you know the volume that they had been seeing most of this year. That's that's why I'm looking for these lower price running backs uh, to be able to pair with some of the wide receivers that we'll be talking about. Can't argue with that too much. Uh, and with that. Let's uh, go ahead and move on to the receivers, and I will tell you who I'm looking at. Yeah. I am looking at Alshon Jeffrey this week. Uh, again, <laughs> you know, another team in a must-win scenario. Uh, he has been – I'm not going to – I don't want to say rejuvenated, uh, but his, his targets have increased since Nick Foles took over. Washington is middle of the road when it comes to fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. I think they're 14th, according to uh, Pro Football Focused. 
Washington has given up 400 plus yards in three out of the last five games. Uh, he's probably going to be shadowed by Norman, but I, I'm not that scared about it. I suspect he's still going to get his targets. And again, we, we've talked about it multiple times already this week that with these teams that have to win, there's going to be a no holds barred, you know, scenario. It's just everything we can do to score. And that means getting the ball to your playmakers. And Alshon Jeffrey is one of their playmakers. So uh, at that price, it allows me to go up a notch in some other areas. It's uh, interesting. It's some, you know, Alshon, I was big on last week and he kind of let me down uh, in a, in a week when Nick Foles goes for nearly 500 yards. Alshon really did not do very much at all. Um, But uh, it, it's not a hate play. He's not in consideration for me in cash um, because of the Norman matchup. And I think that there are some other matchups for Philly to exploit better, uh, being Zach Ertz and um, maybe even Nelson Aguilar. Uh, do you, are you as curious? I mean, on a little side note here. Why did Philly even trade for Golden Tate? They they barely use him. Well, so now with uh, before Carson Wentz went down, Alshon was the forgotten man, and it was Golden Tate, Zacherts, Golden Tate, Zacherts. Like that's how that's how it went. So uh, now with Nick Foles back, he's got more of a rapport with Aguilar, and it's just not there with Tate yet. So I don't know. It, you know, kind of got to wait and see. I thought it was a smart play at the time, uh, but I thought it would open up more for Jeffrey, and instead it just meant uh, don't throw to Jeffrey. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's only so many balls to go around, and when you got to feed a guy like Zach Ertz... Um, 27 times a game, yeah. Well, you should because he gets it done, but... Uh, don't, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. So, so the other guy I was looking at is the guy you're going to talk about. So, so this, let, this let's guy, get this one. So, so this guy. Well, you picked first this week, so <laughs> I just want to. Well, yeah, I, I, I was down to I was but down to two. This I was down to two. This guy right here, I think, might be the lock of the year, which could be major fade. I don't know, but uh, Devontae Adams at eight thousand uh, versus Detroit team. Um, these two teams are out of it, but they are still playing their studs. They don't, you know, there's injury concerns, so there's not really backups to to get looks at because they've been getting looks at them. Uh, Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver this year in fantasy football, uh, especially uh, when you consider drafting points. He leads all receivers with a 344.6 points which comes out to 23 points per game. All that being said, he's only the seventh highest price wide receiver on DraftKings this week. Um, he's got some records that he's going at, uh, going for, um, he's going for the all-time single-season receiving record for Green Bay. Uh, you know that Aaron Rodgers loves to pepper him. Um, he's popping at the top of, like, every... Uh, model or value metric I can find anywhere. Um, so I know that uh, the matchup is Darius Slay, but he has not 
um, come through in every matchup slay this year. And Devontae Adams has been pretty much dominating every matchup that he's had. So, Yeah, the, the key things that you brought up there were that he's chasing records. Aaron Rodgers knows he's chasing records. And I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to make sure that he does everything possible to get him to that record. So uh, with Rodgers essentially being the head coach out there now, uh, I suspect that they are just going to throw the ball to him a lot. Uh, at 8,000, like you said, he's he's not, who would you say, he's the seventh highest price receiver. And you know part of that is because of matchup and they're not really playing for for too much and because he's got a questionable tag on him he is fighting an injury but he's already said he's playing um i like i said I, I was really interested in playing him and i've already been working on building lineups where i actually do a Devonte adams with aaron Rodgers stack and uh bring it back on the other side with baby tron uh, to to try to see what you can do in that lineup because i i think this is going to be a good game interesting and just to backpedal a little bit uh on your Alshon um, play, if you play him with Foles, somebody to bring it back with is Doxon. Uh, quietly been getting huge volume since Josh Johnson became the quarterback in Washington, and and at uh, forty eight hundred is uh, pretty easy to fit in some lineups. So it's the Josh to Josh connection there in Washington. That's that's what that is. So um, yeah, but like I mean. Like I said, there's a lot of receivers that I really like and want to play this week. Um, I kind of you've brought up Tyree Kill. I, you know, he's 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 kind of a boom bust type guy, but I think he's got he's ready to boom because he hasn't gone off in in a little while, and he's got the matchup to do so. Um, before he came up with this knee, I was. Really big on Antonio Brown, but um, you know, so I would maybe play some of him. But I really love Juju also. <laughs> but to get you know two of these eight K guys and some of the and a couple you know a high priced quarterback and a high priced uh, uh, tight end, you gotta be able to um, find some value somewhere. So. It's uh, the, the the cool thing is there is actually value to find this week. So why don't we go ahead and look at tight end? All right. Well, I'm going to bring it back to that Kansas City Oakland game, and I'm looking at Travis Kelsey or Kelsey. Sorry, uh, 7200. It's it's a decent tag on a tight end. But, look, Oakland isn't good against tight end. Kansas City plays better at home. Like you said, they're in a, you know, they need to win because of what it does for seeding. He's had nine targets in each of his last three games. Uh, His lowest has been 10.4, and that was this last week, but we won't get into that because of what it does to uh, Justin. I don't need him crying on the mic right now. There's a there's a concern in the trend right now because he he's gone twenty point seven thirteen point one ten point four like you know he's having these monster games and he's he's kind of dwindled down a little bit 
but his volume's there, and he, he's due for regression when you're getting that kind of you know that kind of volume as far as targets go. We have mentioned every single week that getting a tight end with that kind of volume is huge. His price tag is just a little bit concerning for me with the trend. You know, if he's six K, you play him. Uh, at seventy two, you you have to be convinced that he's going to smash and that you can get value in the other spots. And this is one of those weeks where, you know, we've talked about that with the running backs, you, you can find that value in the lower tier as to, you know, previous weeks, whereas you you load up on your running back and find value at receiver. Now now you can go the other way and get your load up at receiver tight end, find your value in your running back. So uh, I don't see a problem with paying 7200 for a tight end with that kind of volume this week. Well, the only reason that um... – I'm not talking about this guy is because you picked him. Um, I am going to have a hard time not playing him in pretty much every lineup that I make this week. He won't be in every lineup because you shouldn't just do that. But um, he's going to be in a lot of what I have. He will. I I can't say 100%, but I can't imagine that he's not going to end up in my cash lineup. Uh this guy is going to um, have a tear this week, I suspect. He, um, as you mentioned, 7200 big price uh, on a tight end. However, compare him to the wide receivers that we just talked about, and he has the same kind of ceiling. He gets the same kind of volume. And at 7200 he's cheaper. So... There's that. Um, let's see. He had this little game a few weeks ago against this same Oakland Raiders team, and he went for 12 receptions, 168 yards, two touchdowns, 442.8 DraftKings points. Yeah, I, I'm going to want to get on this guy. Oakland is like 31st in the league. DVOA against the tight end. Uh, there is no reason that he doesn't kill. I'm not going to say that he's going to get 43 points this week, but I'd be shocked if he doesn't get at least 20. Yeah, and at, at 20, you're just under your 3X, and at 3X on a tight end at that price is phenomenal. It's easily worth it. I I I'm I'm thinking he's probably going to get about 28 to 30 but um he had obviously has that boom boom game in him and this is the matchup to do it in. He's, you know he's this likely, is not good news. We are both like play this guy, play this guy, play this guy. This has not worked out well for us this year. He is likely to be um super highly owned. <laughs> like 25% or higher, but, uh, it, you know, sometimes you play the chalk that you are have a higher confidence level in and find the value elsewhere, you know, because if you fade the chalk when, it, when you know it's going to go off and it goes off, a la Robbie Anderson, then you are going to have a hard time making up that ground. 
So, yeah, some, sometimes you have to play the chalk. So since you talked about Travis Kelsey and I chose to go ahead and talk about him as well, <laughs> um, I will go ahead and uh, talk about this other guy who, for me, is a tournament play. Uh, I'm having a hard time finding anybody else that tied in. And maybe Zach Ertz, but I didn't want to really have us both talk about super high-priced tight ends. Uh, but uh, Cam Brate at 3,600 against Atlanta um, is an interesting uh, play for me. He's uh, in a matchup, Tampa Bay and Atlanta, that's got the second-highest total on the week at 50-and-a-half. Um, Atlanta just gives up points to the middle of the field a lot. We've seen that with the running back tight end uh, is another spot. Um, and, and this is more of like a shot in the dark type play for me. It's, it's not going to be a cash play because he certainly hasn't had a huge game this year, but 3,600, you're kind of, um, looking for something and, you know, maybe he, he has the ability and potential to have a game, uh, maybe not quite like uh, Kyle Rudolph had last week, but somewhere uh, in the vicinity anyway. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is kind of that, uh, that CJ Uzama call that I made last week where you're like, what are you doing? This guy's a mirage. Uh, he put up 14 points. By the way, oh no, uh, he, he was fine. Actually, was, <laughs> um, I played CJ uh, in my at my uh, tight end in in my cash lineup. So, yeah. Well, it, here's the thing: Brates in the last three weeks, he's only got nine targets. But with those nine targets, he's got two touchdowns. And that's the thing about him: he's he's very touchdown dependent, but he doesn't need a lot of targets to get to those touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, uh, I'd say a, a good GPP play. Uh, not a bad tournament flyer, but I, I'm probably not going to put him in cash. But definitely in the uh, GPP tournament spots. Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm... <laughs> I, and if you want to split it and go middle of the road, Jared Cook, I don't think on the flip side of that Kansas City game is a bad play either. <laughs> no, yeah, that's. I mean, you, you split the difference between the 36 and the 7,200, and you get to Jared Cook at 55. It's, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, he, I think he works good in your, in your tournament and your cash, too. So. Tight end has been very difficult this year. Aside from your Kelsey's or Ertz's, um, there's been – it's been hard to pinpoint consistent volume in production. So, um you know, we've had weeks from Cook. We've had, you know, but there's been weeks when, when he's really disappointed. We've had re- weeks uh, here and there from Ebron, guys like that. Uh, it's, it's been interesting. So I'm, and in that mid range, it, it, it's hard to spend. Either I want to spend up or I want to spend way down. Um, Thirty six hundred at the tight end position isn't way down but like i said tournament gpp type play if i'm making tampa bay atlanta uh stacks uh he's gonna be probably part of that so 
with that being said, there are you know so many players I wanted to talk up this week. Um, just not enough time. Uh, we're gonna have our, our uh, weekly uh, head-to-head matchup uh, again. Uh, I think that's been working out pretty well, though. Um, well, that's been, been working out pretty well for you. <laughs> So, yeah, I, obviously it works out better when we actually play a lineup. Um, when, when we don't play a lineup, it's not necessarily fair because it's, you know, the, the price discrepancies. Because uh, I could pick all uh, high-priced guys, which is what happened last, not this past week, but the week before um, I had higher-priced guys. So, of course, they were expected to come out, and I, I screwed the pooch on that. I will make sure that I get that... Uh, lineup in weekly um any other uh bets that you can think of that maybe we want, might want to look at this week well i personally think that your jeff wilson play is a stretch i understand the whole getting volume thing but i i think it's a stretch so I'm going to say, would you agree that you need to get 3x value out of him? Um, well, I mean, that's what you're hoping for. So you're you're going to tell me that you're going to set a line at 17? Well, he's, he's coming in at, what, 44? So, so 3x is 13.2. 13.2. I'll take the over on 13-2. Okay. Yeah, I think he's going to have a hard time getting there. Because, again, the Rams are a team that are still playing for something. They are, but I could see them getting up and then coasting a little bit. And I, and I, I think that being a divisional matchup, San Francisco is going to try a little bit harder than some of these other teams um they're a younger squad who's trying to build on things so and we'll see we'll see but yeah i'll take the over on that uh 13.2 all right so what about a chalk buster or a bonus play you got anything in that department hmm let's see it's hard to figure out what the um chalk is going to be this week um some of these games we don't know yet who's going to be resting players who's not i'm just scrolling here you got anybody in the meantime um well yeah i mean as you mentioned uh i you know michael thomas's price way up there i'm not going anywhere near him with what they're likely gonna do uh, but on that game, I will give you this. I am looking at a decent amount of Keith Kirkwood this this week. Uh, he's been getting decent volume running as the quote-unquote number three a receiver in that offense, uh, like actual receiver, not in, in targets. And he's coming in at a price of, I think, yeah, 3300 Okay, how uh, about bonus, bonus bet? Um, all right. What if what would you say if I wanted to play uh, straight up head to heads up uh, Traquan Smith versus Keith Kirkwood? 
Okay. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, I like Trey Quinn this week. I'm not like, I'm not like super confident in it, but uh, we both have a problem, so I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's 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 a hobby. It's not a problem. Uh, uh, the other thing I, I was I was gonna say, and this is one that I I sincerely hope that I am wrong about. I sincerely hope that I am wrong about. Um, but I think the Minnesota defense at twenty five hundred is a really good play this week. Again, I sincerely hope I'm wrong, but I think they're a really good play this week. Um, interesting. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really going to take one side on that one or the other. All I'll say is that I think that, uh, Chicago has noticeably been dialing back the offense a little bit the last couple of weeks. And I don't think that's necessarily because Nagy wants to limit or take it out of the hands of Trubisky, but more that he wants to limit the amount that is on film before they get to the playoffs. I, I expect when they get back to the playoffs, they're going to open things back up. They've been pretty vanilla the last three weeks comparative to what they were in the first half of the season. And you don't think that has anything to do with Trubisky throwing three interceptions his first week back? I don't actually no. I don't. I don't think that Nagy's afraid to unleash. And um, I, I, I actually think that it is because they are. He's. They're prepping for the playoffs. They, um, in a similar um, reasoning, why uh, New Orleans is probably going to play Teddy Bridgewater this week instead of Taysom Hill at quarterback, um, because they don't want to put film on Taysom Hill out there for for people um and and i i have a pretty strong feeling about that with the bears so uh, well you and i both know that we could go back and forth round around for so many philosophies on so many different things especially when it comes to um football i the, the vikings they're they've been a different team since they fired their offensive coordinator and they are still, I mean, they are fighting and scratching for their playoff spot. Oh, it's, So I think that defense is going to be hungry at home. I, that's all That's all I'm saying in a 2500 price tag for a defense that is that op- opportunistic. It, it's, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to play them and, you know. I think it could be, if, uh, I, I, I actually, if I'm making a pick this week, I'm picking the Vikings to win because I don't think that the Bears are, necessarily prepared to go all out. I think they're going to limit um, a, their playbook and B uh, the exposure of some of their key players. I'm not saying they're going to sit them, um, but I wouldn't be surprised that if they got behind, then they started to uh, pull guys or just, you know, they're going to slow it down. I think they're going to keep it underground. They're going to try to, uh, limit the amount of plays in the game and see if their defense can win another one for them. Uh, Well, they've been doing it all year, so why wouldn't you keep up with it? Yeah. So, but you know, like I said, it's an interesting week and that's why you really got to stay on top of the news. Uh, Keep uh, trying to find 
tidbits from the beat reporters and whatnot, and we'll uh, we'll see what what uh, see how much information we can turn into um, real uh, life uh, statistics, and hopefully uh, it works out for us uh, on the bottom line. Hopefully, one of us can uh, come up near the top of one of these GPPs this week. I like money. Oh, yeah. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap things up. And, uh, J.D., uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, go ahead and hit me up in the usual spots, at J.D. West 22, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, please go, you know, comment, ask questions. You know, give me a hard time. I'm cool with it. Uh, but most importantly, uh, share the podcast, uh, re- leave us reviews on iTunes so that we can really build this pro- this passion project. Definitely, definitely. People can find me on Twitter at Justin M. West, on Instagram, JMW1977. Uh, I promise I'm going to get a little bit more active here uh, now that I'm done with school <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be sinking more, more time into this stuff. You can find the uh, podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Another Bad Call. Email us anotherbadcall at gmail.com and check out anotherbadcall.com for my mostly weekly blog. I didn't get it out there this week with the holidays and everything, but uh, we'll get back to that and review my uh, cash game lineups. Uh, please do rate and review the podcast. Uh, that's how people more people can find us. So um, for JD, I'm Justin. Keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call.